Because God is always at work. The question is, are you noticing it or not? And so that speaks to what I was saying before about fulfilled prophecy. Not everybody pays attention to that. And that's okay if that's not your jam. But you should probably notice it at least as much as the Bible wants us to see it. I mean, if you're going to really study and understand the word, you got to see how God put the pieces together and notice what he's trying to communicate in here. And and fulfilled prophecy is a big part of what he's trying to communicate, fulfilling his own promises so that we can have faith that who he is doesn't change, even though our circumstances do. Merry Christmas and welcome back to Study with Friends. I'm Paige Quadro and I'm so glad you've joined us for this Advent series. Each week, Holly and the ladies will be taking a deeper look at the traditional themes the church has focused on throughout the season. Last week we focused on hope and this week we'll focus on faith with our scripture references of Micah 2, 5a and Luke 2, 1 through 7. If you've missed our first week or would like the homework, you can find them both at our website, studywithfriends.org. We are also so fortunate to partner with so many stations, but you can also stream us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Now, let's set our minds on Jesus and grab our Bibles as we take a closer look at faith. Okay, let's go into faith. Give me your quick take, ladies, on faith. It really, by the way, just know these all mush together. So we talked about hope. We're going to talk about faith, joy, peace. Don't be afraid to say those words because they are all tied together. Mm -hmm. Obviously the birth, the person and work of Christ brings all of these and so many more um, spiritual elements together for us. So we just, we just choose to look at these in particular in these, in these weeks, but it's not super siloed. So uh, let's talk a little bit about faith Give me your give me your best definition of the word faith. I, um, a, a song pops in my head when I when you ask that question. It's a song called "How I Got Over." The refrain in the song is, "My soul looks back and wonder how I got over." So when you look, we we all can do this. Look back over your life at things that have happened, and you don't know how they happened, but. You know that God did it. You didn't do it. You know what? I'm going to ask you a question because you just really leaned into something that I wanted to raise, and then we can read this. It doesn't matter if we do it in order. Mm-hmm. What you just said about looking back, I'm not trying to feed you the answer, but tell me what are the things that solidify your faith? In your faith walk, tell me what solidifies your faith. You kind of just said it but you know I don't want to put you on the spot do you want does anybody else want to say anything you know where I'm going so don't don't <laughs> maybe Marilyn well as Jan said looking back reminding remembering how God has been good to us how he's been with us through all the trials how how his way has always worked out best it's that uh you know I remember I- in the old testament that the Israelites were told tell these things to your children mm-hmm. and so that they know of them and they know of God's faithfulness. And I think, you know, that to me is a big part of, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Is, is looking back and reminding myself, God has not failed you yet and he's not going to fail you. Mm. So you just said God's faithfulness. See, this is what's great about these studies because I had someplace I was going to go, but you just did a better thing. 
what if we think about this faith week as God's faithfulness? Mm. When we talk about faith, we're always, we, I think we focus on our own faith. Mm. But the coming of Christ was God's faithfulness to his covenant, his mm. promise. So that's an awesome point that I hadn't really lifted out in the homework. One thing that you did say is, and I'm paraphrasing both of what you just reflected on, and it's true for me too, the things that support my faith, the things that supported the faith of the Israelites is when God showed up. Mm-hmm. Whatever that looks like. Parting the sea, cloud and fire, uh, just comforting my heart, um, an answer to prayer. I remember in my prayer journal, long, long time ago, my girls are in college now, but a while ago, uh, we were having house guests and my house was not ready. And I just, my, my girls were not the best nappers. They were busy girls. And I just prayed that morning. I was like, God, please let them take a nap today. I need the nap so that I can get this stuff done. I was really stressed out about it. That is a stupid, stupid thing to be stressed out mm-hmm. about. It wasn't a big life moment. But I remember how but it was so uncharacteristic. They both went down for a nap at the same time, and they napped for a long time. And I just wrote that in my prayer journal. I was like, that he would love me enough to, to, to hear my heart and, be, and help me in this tiny little moment that is meaningless. And, and those ways that God shows up, big and small ways mm. is what my, my point is, mm. are the things that buffer my faith. And I'm telling you this, like maybe 15 years later, 18 years later, that's still something I remember because he showed up in, in my every day in a new way and answered a prayer that was a simple, simple, tiny little prayer but that I laid it before him and said, I could really use some help here. And he came back with no problem. Mm-hmm. You know? That's why other people's testimonies are important. Yeah. Yes, when, when people show up and when God shows up, and other, yes, yes, it encourages our faith. Yeah. Encourages yes, faith. yes. So the reason that I wanted to kind of key in on the, the ways that, that our faith is encouraged is when God shows up. And now on the fly, even uh, pairing that with God's faithfulness, mm-hmm. the the fulfillment of the promise that he will show up, that's an, a nice way to frame this week of faith for Advent. So, Kathy, will you please read your two scriptures and just cite them so that we know sure. where you are? So I am reading from Micah 2, 5a, which means the first half of 5. And I'm reading from the NASB. I know that might look a little different than some others. Now muster yourselves in troops, daughter of troops. They have laid siege against us. With a rod, they will smite the judge of Israel on the cheek. But as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From, from you, one will go forth for me to be a ruler in Israel. His goings forth are, long, are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Therefore, he will give them up until the time when she who is in labor has borne a child Then the remainder of his brethren will return to the sons of Israel and he will arise and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord, his God. And they will remain because at that time he will be great to the ends of the earth. This one will be our peace. And then we have Luke 2, 1 through 7. Now in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken 
while, here we go again, while Quirinius was governor <laughs> of Syria, and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the family and the family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them at the inn. So we know that the Micah passage was foretelling, uh, which again speaks to the faith and hope, uh, but the faith that we can have by virtue of the fact that God actually did what he said he was going to do. Uh, that he said it first, and then he did it, so that our faith would be made stronger, knowing that he is sovereign and he is ruling over all time. Um, I really like the element that you lifted of God's faithfulness to us. So I'm wondering if you can say if you can say a little bit about um, how does fulfilled prophecy factor into your faith. This was actually really important to me because I, when I became a believer, uh, as I said, I was an adult. I was 32, I believe at the time. And it was very important for me to logically get it. That was my faith journey. It took many, many years. And I remember the moment I was like, oh, this officially makes sense to me. Now Mm. I believe it's true. Mm. Which, you know, God was probably like, you're really thick headed because I showed you a million things over and over, but for whatever reason, logic needed to come into play Mm -hmm. for me. And so, and I also am a huge encourager of reading scripture because every time I go back, just like you said, when I read the Psalms and they just continue to remind the Israelites over and over again about what God did, I'm just blown away. And so when I read a prophecy like this and I go, I again, I look at it and I go, oh my gosh, this is Jesus. This is one of the ones. And I love that. And that it directly ties then back to the new Testament, which we hold so near and dear. So for me, it just drills consistently into the strength of my faith. Mm. I consistently then say, thank you. You know, I'm so thankful for him to show it to me because Again, sometimes I need that little... Remind, we all need them. Yeah, I need that Don't reminder. be so hard on yourself. We all need it. Rest assured. Mary's innocence is really nice when she just <laughs> says, I'm your servant. And there's just some beauty to that. And where I kind of get in my own way and say, oh, thanks for reminding me that that goes to that. And so it, it fits together like a perfect puzzle. Okay, well, not all of us get to raise Jesus in our house. True, that's true. I mean, to have <laughs> a constant, a constant reminder. Yeah, uh, we all. I, I think in our flesh, we all feel the same. That's all I want to say. Don't be so hard on yourself. How about you, ladies? Like uh, Kathy said, um, fulfilled prophecy really supports my faith and mm-hmm. strengthens it. You know, when you see the things that were predicted have come to pass uh, mm-hmm. through the work of the Lord. Um, it just you realize you are believing in something that's real. Mm-hmm. Um, that fulfilled prophecy makes um, I. I'm grateful that God, um, preserved the word, mm-hmm. because you could fall in love with it over and over mm-hmm. and over again. And um, see the fulfilled prophecy every time you learn something. You see it again and again and again and again and again. 
And so the little bit I've read about just the history of the path this Bible has taken and how um, it was no easy thing, and yet here we are reading it. Okay. So that is really good for me to hear because this is what's great about the group. Everybody brings a different perspective on it. I, of course, of course, I appreciate and love the fulfilled prophecy. But for me, that wasn't really part of my faith journey because I'm by nature such a skeptic Mm -hmm. that in my head all those years ago, I was like, well, after Jesus was born, then they could have just written all those prophecies Mm -hmm. and then, you know, put it all together, you know, could have been a fake out. So I'm always like looking for the, you know, the nefarious um, setup. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, of course, you know, I think most of you know that my journey through apologetics and really getting in to understanding the truth of what you just said, how the Bible came to pass, um, obviously that could never have happened that someone went back and wrote these things once Jesus had already happened, um, one per, one one great apologist said it would be like trying to run around and correct all the newspapers that were published one day. I thought that was a really good way of thinking about it because it's hard for us to realize how much of the scrolls were already in the world. Mm-hmm. I won't get actually we're going to get into that in a <laughs> in a series coming up. So I'll I'll hold. Tune in for that one. <laughs> I'll hold on all that apologetics work about pr- fulfilled prophecy, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think it's a, it's different for for different people. Like some people don't pay a lot of attention to fulfilled prophecy, um, and some people pay more attention to it. I think if you pay attention to it, it certainly sh- shores up your faith. Uh, if you understand it completely, if you understand the developed um, history of it. Uh, like anything else the more you dig in the more faith you're going to find um okay so um let's talk quickly about some of the really nitty-gritty so let's just do our church 101 what city did joseph's family come from and why did they go to bethlehem because here we have a prophecy that says bethlehem Mm -hmm. but jesus wasn't from bethlehem tell me that story well, this it's is from Na- Nazareth, right? Yeah, and they went to Bethlehem for the census. Mm-hmm. They, for the first time, they were required to do the census, so they had to travel there. So that's how they ended up there for the census. Mm-hmm. And so that was, what would you say about that? You mean uh, Providence? Sure. Well, is that the word? <laughs> yes, that's a great <laughs> word. And another reminder that God weaves all things together for his purposes. Um, what we should do someday, we'll put this on the list, um, is a study of all of the people in the Bible who were not believers, but who were used by God to fulfill his purpose anyway. Mm. <laughs> and this is an example of that. Uh, and I find that oh, to yeah. be a real buff buffer to my faith that God is in control of those who believe in him and those who don't. He is in control of the entire 
timeline of the world. Mm -hmm. Nothing passes his notice. No leaders are raised that are not for his purpose mm -hmm. one way or another. That doesn't always feel good, mm -hmm. especially if you're experiencing bad things. Mm -hmm. But I think looking at the big picture of the Bible and looking at how God used wicked people. I'm also thinking of Ahab. Yes. Haman. To, yes. Yes. Haman mm. to move his purposes yes. forward. That's a whole study in and of mm. itself. But it's again, a good underpinning to our faith, which is this week's focus. What else do you guys want to say about faith? You know, you just said something um, that I'm sure shores up my faith, and I hadn't thought about it until you just said. We're talking about the how God uses the Hamans and Ahabs and all these characters mm -hmm. um, to accomplish his bigger, better. And um, when you look back in your own life, and we all can recall bad things that happened mm -hmm. that led to something important yes and but for the bad thing that important thing would not have happened yep. so um again you you see that nothing gets wasted even the bad stuff and this is also tied to what we were talking about with respect to hope mm -hmm. because it that means that in the middle of the bad stuff if we are sure mm -hmm. of who christ is and what he is accomplishing in the world then we can hope for the other side of that bad experience. Mm -hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Amen. Mm -hmm. And amen. Any more uh, on hope? So just even some of the stuff that solidifies my faith, it's, in, it's all these things that you're talking about. So, it, And what we were sort of talking about and pulling out a little bit earlier is that trajectory, right, that we see in the coming from the past into the current, you know, into the present. And I see even the way the Lord built me up in my job or in my gift and this was all before I was a believer and then it comes to when I'm a believer and all those things I now use for his kingdom mm -hmm. and it just solidifies my faith and I think that's why you had me go through this that's why you had me learn this that's why and you know it's the, it's that divine providence right where yeah. he these small little details of the fact that they had to go for a census mm -hmm. i mean it just seems so small and so unimportant and yet what it accomplished you know it accomplished what his he wrote before it accomplished you know people following in faith it, so it's just the road that you look back and you can say really solidifies my faith more and more that I can see that he's using me, mm. that he wants me where he has me, mm -hmm. and that I just need to continue to listen and you know, do the things he asks. What I want to point out about what you're saying is it's our job to notice that, though. Because mm. God is always at work. Yeah. The question is, are you noticing it or not? Mm. And so that speaks to what I was saying before about fulfilled prophecy. Not everybody pays attention to that. Mm. And that's okay if that's not your jam. But you should probably notice it at least as much as the Bible wants us to see it. Mm. I mean, if you're going to mm. really study and understand the word, you got to see how God put the pieces mm. together and notice what he's trying to communicate in here. And, and fulfilled prophecy is a big part of what he's trying to communicate, fulfilling his own promises so that we can have faith that who he is doesn't change, even though our circumstances do. 
more that you want to say? You look like you had something good. I know there's always something good in there. <laughs> All right, I'm going to let you pull that out later. Um, the, the last thing I want to say about faith is um, this is the point of Jesus, that God wants to be known, that he wants our faith to be real. Um, C.S. Lewis says, uh, it, I love C.S. Lewis, a whole section of C.S. Lewis in my little teeny tiny library of Jesus stuff. Um one of the things that he explains from a faith perspective is that uh, he, he, he sort of paints God as a playwright and that we, you know, God is the creator and, and he has given us sort of the rules, uh, a script, if you will, like gravity is a rule, um, you know, death, we will die. So certain things, um, you know, in creation that God um, has ordered his creation to, to be and do, how it behaves, and how we behave as humans. He gets into a lot of great stuff. So I recommend Mere Christianity for mm-hmm. more on this. But one of the things that he uh, talks about is how, and I'll use some churchy words here just to satisfy the theologians who may or may not be listening, um, he talks about the difference between what we call general revelation and special revelation. General revelation is um, the scriptures that say, you know, the stars, you know, cry out his name and the heavens, you know, that, that when we look Romans one talks about, even if you don't really know God, how can you look around and not see Mm. that a creator, you know, ordered this. So that's what we call general revelation. Like you can't really hide you. There's Romans uh, says there, they have no excuse. Mm -hmm. Um, for not recognizing that God is real. But then special revelation is the word and his son. And it's about being known. It's about serving a God who is inherently relational, that he wants us to know him, not just to worship him or observe him or recognize him, but to know him. And that, that what C.S. Lewis is, says is that's like Shakespeare entering the play mm-hmm. so we have a play and the actors are on the stage and by the, the by the acting out of the play you can know the playwright to a certain degree right his his values his mindsets about certain things but you really know him when he enters the play and that that was always a blessing to me that analogy because that's what the birth of Christ really is it's about our god entering the play that he authored, that he controls, but that he now is in it with us. And the only possible reason that he would have to do that is because he wants to be known, better known, intimately known. And that's really one of the big differences from the Old Testament to the New Testament, this intimacy of knowledge and relationship. Um, and so I just wanted to bring that out because as we talk about the partnership between our faith and his faithfulness to us, remember always it's God who makes that move. God who always makes that move to, to draw closer to us and draw us closer to him and, um, and just be thinking about that during this week. Hi, this is Marilyn. 
Thank you for joining us in this study of God's Word. We hope this helps you grow in your faith and to grow closer to God. We encourage our listeners to be part of a local Bible teaching church where they can enjoy the fellowship of believers and further their growth and relationship with Jesus. Study with Friends is a solely donor-supported ministry. We gladly accept any donation you are led to give. Monthly partnerships are especially helpful, but any amount, any time is welcome. You may donate at studywithfriends.org forward slash donate. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We pray that this ministry will continue to be a blessing to you. Join us next week to Study with Friends. <music>